0: We need to think of ourselves as first responders sure we're not going to be digging in the rubble but we need to arrive to the scene as prepared as possible so that no one needs to worry about us they can worry about helping people who need help the most
1: 720 wgn high atop chicago in the skyline studio for the preparedness matters podcast with vince davis and Dan neal and vince we've got a great guest on the show today
2: No question about it, Dane. We are very excited to have the one and only Ed Conley. Ed is the iconic emergency manager who has been in this business for over three decades, serving with FEMA, leading teams around the globe in response to some of history's most significant disasters, including 9-11, Hurricane Katrina, typhoons in the Western Pacific, Montana wildfires. The list goes on and on. Ed has managed national incidents and international emergencies with the Coast Guard, the Secret Service, CDC, and the Department of State. He was appointed a U.S. liaison representative with NATO and traveled throughout Europe on emergency preparedness assignments before joining FEMA. He spent several winters with the ski patrol. Now Ed is sharing his observations on crisis leadership and his new book entitled Promote the Dog Sitter and Other Principles for Leading During Disasters. Ed, welcome to the show. Thank you, Vince and Dane. Pleasure to be here. Yeah,
1: you, th- you think about all the things that you've done. One question comes to mind is is what do you remember most about working disasters on the FEMA side?
0: People, Dane, the people. And I'd and be and interested in Vince's perspective on this. You know, you deal with destruction and despair and death, you see a, a lot of terrible things when you work uh, disasters like terrorism events and Hurricane Katrina. But what you remember most of all is people and the incredible wealth of leadership in, in American cities, how people you may have written up before the event or people you may not have expected much from rise to the occasion and uh, not only help their families, but help their neighborhoods, help their tribes, help their communities. And uh, that's what sticks with you. And I just have I have good memories of being uh, in this business and seeing communities bounce back and tribes bounce back and families bounce back. And it's all because of the people who stood up and rose to the occasion and helped. And that's what sticks to me. those people that I met, that I worked with, that I served, that helped me both on the response and the survivor side. It's just, I cherish those memories and, um, i just so honored and privileged that I met such incredible people and, and I was able to see what they were able to achieve.
1: And you work with so many people in so many different emergencies and disaster situations. And one of the topics from the book, so tell us, first off, like why emergency managers need to consider themselves first responders? And then why is panic the most misused word in emergency management?
0: Emergency uh, managers, by definition, are more coordinators. They don't do the life saving role. So emergency managers are not your firefighters, your police officer, your search and rescue specialists. They're not digging through the rubble. They're not doing operations. They're not providing emergency medical care. They're help coordinating and supporting the people who do those jobs. But I think emergency managers need to consider themselves first responders. And this is kind of an issue that we've wrestled with within our emergency management community for decades. Um, I've been told you are absolutely not a first responder and don't Think of yourself as one, and I've been told you are a first responder, and and you need to act like it, and have the mindset. I lean towards that latter, and what being a first responder means to me is being prepared to contribute, at whatever way you can when disaster strikes, and that is within the scope of your knowledge and your abilities. You've taken care of yourself, so you're no longer a burden on the community, and you're able to assist. That may be having flashlight, gloves. A hard hat, understanding the roles of other people in the response element. It's the same advice that we give to every American family is do what you can to help take care of yourself. And by doing that, you're not only helping your family, but you're also freeing up responders to take care of other people. And it's the same lesson applies to the emergency management community. We need to think of ourselves as first responders. Sure, we're not going to be digging in the rubble, but we need to arrive to the scene as prepared as possible so that no one needs to worry about us. They can worry about helping people who need help the most.
2: Thank you so much. I'm reading the book. It's fascinating. It's a a great read. Who did you write this book for? Obviously, I'm an emergency manager, so I'm fascinated by certainly some of the stories, many of which I was a part in one way or another but developing promote the dog sitter the title of your book how did you come up with that title and who is this book for and what's it about you know vince and this is something i know that you're involved with a lot i
0: know you speak to young people getting involved with our business looking for jobs and that want to be in the emergency management arena and that's who i wrote it for i wrote it it for people who young people who are entering our business and want to work in emergency management but i had the idea of what they call the avatar, my North Star, my reader, my ideal reader. That's who I try to keep in mind. Young people just entering the business. My son joined CDC the same age when I joined team in 29 about someone who I thought a lot about. The um, the the title, you know, one of the themes of the book is, you know, sometimes the people who rise to occasion are not always those you expect. Um actually some of the true heroes in the disaster work were, were often people who have been overlooked, um or underestimated or ruled out before the disaster and they step up and rise to the occasion, surprise me. Just love those stories and I just saw it over and over again. During 9-11, when we were in New York, I was part of the external affairs team at the Javits Center supporting the Federal Urban Search and Rescue Task Forces that were helping conduct the search at ground zero. And Vince, you would understand this, being with your background with the FEMA and external affairs. We just got so many calls about the search dogs. It was the number one talk, topic, and we were getting calls all around the world about the search dogs at 9-11. And we were so overwhelmed with the uh, uh, media and public interest in that that we, we knew we needed to designate one person to become the uh, subject matter expert in that area. And then one day we were walking by a new team member. His name was Doug Walty. He is on the phone and he was talking to someone who was trying to book a uh, search dog and the handler for a show. And he's saying, Hey, you know, I'm not going to have them on the show unless you send two cars. I can't put two dogs and two handlers in one car. You know, you, you need to send two cars if you want us on your show. And we go, Doug, who the heck are you talking to? He goes, Oh, Larry King at, at CNN. And we thought to ourselves, well, that's our guy. And so we turned it over to Doug and he just, did a fabulous job helping manage the media interest in the search dogs and it actually had a tremendous long range implications in terms of supporting the federal search and rescue effort, not only nine eleven but beyond. And we kind of uh, labeled that moment when we made that decision, the promoting the dog sitter decision. <laughs>
2: and and so it
0: just was and that's that that's it, Vincent. That and it just sort of became a reminder to us that uh, you know, we uh, you never know who's going to step up on a disaster. Uh, there always are opportunities in every event. Don't get so caught up in training and rules, but be flexible, be creative, think differently. And I just lo- love the story, number one. And then um, and then the title just sort of seemed to fit with the overall theme of the book.
2: And so that's how I came up with it. Well, Ed, a couple of excerpts from the book, one that caught my eye about emergency management vocabulary. You say that the weather channel, for instance, becomes my employment channel, my travel channel. There's a disaster time and a time between disasters that some responders refer to as peace time. You say you understand the Waffle House Index, coined by former FEMA Administrator Craig Fugate, and used to indicate how a community might be faring immediately after a disaster, based on the chain's reputation for being disaster-prepared. If you get there and the Waffle House is closed, that's really bad, Gates said to the Wall Street Journal. And then the Jim Cantori Index, that's pretty, pretty fascinating. Jim is a great colleague of ours uh, here at Preparedness Matters. And you uh, said if the Cantori Weather Channel meteorologist is doing live updates from a local location near you, buckle up. <laughs> so uh, I'm fascinated by that language. But I'd like you to say a little bit about developing the show-up personality to the right. emergency manager. And that's the show up personality is the first principle in the book, and it really
0: boils down to uh, you know showing up and being seen unseen and showing you care. And within that chapter, I lay out different things that you could do to demonstrate the show up personality. It's four ways to show up in a disaster: Vincent and Dane. The way I look at it, you can uh, either not show up, you can pretend to show up, you can show up unprepared, or you can show up ready to make a difference. And you know, obviously to me and uh, to anyone else working in the industry, we want to show up to make a difference. So I lay out different ways to do that. In both. The vocabulary was one of the things that I brought up. You know, that's a, a good way to demonstrate that you're engaged in this industry. You, you speak the language. And when you show up, you're ready to you contribute. You know what people are talking about. The other thing that when I think about showing up, that that's really important and sort of sticks with me, especially when I look at people I've worked with, and how they demonstrated that principle, it's just this dedication to making a difference, dedication to talking to people outside your organization, to getting their feedback, to to walking in the rubble, engaging with the community, and it just being on scene, touching it, feeling it, hearing it, smelling it, is just such an important part of our industry that there's no other way in my mind, Vince, to learn how to, do, to deliver assistance to really understand and grasp the intent of the different uh, programs available to assist people in communities, to understand that the complicated, difficult decisions communities need to make during the recovery process, and to understand how, as an emergency manager, you can both support individuals and families and communities as they try to recover from event, unless you show up on scene. At some point, you know, you got to just be there, engage and throw yourself into that. And I, I just figured that was a good place to start the book. And that's almost maybe the most essential principle of all. If you do nothing else in emergency management, show up and show you care. And that simple little principle will actually make quite a big
1: difference. Well, you mentioned that, you know, you show up and, and you're there in the book and there's a lot of light moments in the book and there's a lot of humor built into the book and it's an entertaining read as well but you got to look at whether it's the the sadness of a, of a 911 the devastation of a Katrina or all the other places that you were i mean it had to be hard to share those experiences and that's you know the real side of the work and of course the impact that you had so w- were there parts of the book that you know some were fun right let's talk about the Larry King situation and getting out there and making a difference but what parts were hard to write in the book
2: yeah
0: I, Dan, the the hardest part for me was Katrina. And I guess it's just, and I know Vince was involved with that as well. And it, it's just, it's from being, um, first of all, being with FEMA, being on the federal side, being there, it's still a little bit raw uh, for me to just, how could an event like this happen in our country? But I I, I couldn't write a book about principles for relieving during disasters without touching upon Katrina. So I thought I would tackle it from the perspective of, I wasn't a policy guy. I was a worker bee. Uh, I was down there quite a bit. I was FEMA. I was federal, and I just wanted to uh, tackle it and share my perspective. And here's what I, I learned from Katrina, and I sort of kind of weave Katrina in and out through different places in the book uh, because there are so many different lessons from the event. But that was that was tough for me to write about and just sort of come to grips and what I really what I really think about it, but. I'm glad I did. I, it, it'll be interesting to see how, how people react to my perspective on it. That that was tough. just the the uh, you know my observations, my experiences being part of that, and looking at it from a little bit. Uh, I guess we've gosh, we're seventeen years past that event now. It's amazing how still ro- how raw that could be. But it was good to look at it, and I hope I added some points that people can debate and discuss and consider. And, and different perspective that maybe hasn't been shared before. So I'm glad I did it, but it, it was tough to uh, tough to dive in and go back to that historic event.
2: Well, as we wrap up here, Ed, and I'm certainly glad to have you on, you and I can talk for hours, of course, no, we with can. a lot of the same people. And uh, you mentioned in the book uh, Better Than Grand Intentions, and it's a place close to my heart. One summer, you say FEMA assigned Andre Boer and, and Jim Chestnut, who I know very well. And, and you to document emergency management practices in Indian country and identify opportunities for FEMA to assist tribes in the Great Plains and the Intermountain West. And you talk about, you know, showing up with better than grand intentions. What, what do you mean by that? And what, what can our listeners take from that?
0: Vince, we were assigned to, um, to go up to Indian country, and specifically we were working with the Salish Kootenai tribe, the Flathead Nation in, in, uh, in western Montana. So we went, we went up there and we were just, you know, so full of enthusiasm and energy and just we were on this mission to help the tribes and we were going to help improve emergency management in Indian country. And then uh, before we even got to the reservation to link up with the uh, firefighter crew that we were assigned to, I, I, uh, I crashed our car. I caused an accident. It was totally my fault. And before we even got into our assignment, which we had thought was to help the tribe, uh, we needed the tribe to help us. So we drove on the reservations and the back end of the car is all crumpled. And it was interesting that when we arrived on the reservation, no one from the tribe, no one from the Montana Indian firefighter crew said a word about the car. No one said a word about the accident. No one asked if we were, if we were okay. We wondered if they even cared what, what happened to us. And then late that night, the, the crew chief, uh, Baz, asked uh, Andre and myself to join him at his house uh, for dinner. And uh, we had a wonderful time. He never really he never said anything about the accident. Since the end of the evening, we smelt the burning sage from the kitchen. And Baz walks out with the frying pan. He takes the sage. He rubs it on her forehead. That's an Indian practice called smudging. It's a healing practice. And he did it because of the, our accident. He looks at us and he said, okay, now you're protected. And the point I tried to make with that story is... So often we talk about make these big commitments to follow up, uh, to take care of each other. And it's just words. It's just empty promises. And what I learned and took away from the tribe and this Mon- uh, Montanian firefighter is they didn't make any big promises. They weren't much into talking about what they were going to do. But when it came time to taking care of people and, and making a promise to make sure that Anyone who's part of our team, we're going to care about their health and safety and make sure that they're protected. They just did it. They didn't say they're going to do it. They didn't make any promises about what they were going to do. They just did it. And it just really stuck with me. And it actually changed my whole perspective on working with tribal nations in the emergency management arena. And it just said, it just woke me up that how much tribes have to offer. And it's not about what FEMA or the federal government. Necessarily can do to help the tribes. But oh my gosh, there is so much we can learn from tribal nations about disaster response and emergency
2: preparedness. Dane, I'm going to have you wrap us up here.
1: We're going to have links up at WGNradio.com and, of course, at the Preparedness Matters site. So, Ed, as we we let you go, and it's been awesome to be able to talk with you not only about the experiences but this exciting book that you've put together, give the listeners some information about where they can go to get the book, obviously, maybe their local bookstore but maybe some other places, and then social media-wise where they can follow you and keep up with all that you're doing.
0: Thanks, Dane. The book's available on Amazon and other online retailers. It's called uh, Promote the Dog Sitter and Other Principles for living During Disasters. And I'm always interested in connecting with people on edwardconley.com. And Vince, uh, wonderful to connect with you. And like you said, we could just talk now about this, comparing notes and stories and and Dave, very, very nice to meet you.
2: Thank you for that. Ed, thank you so much. We, we very so much appreciate you being on. Ed Conley, ladies and gentlemen, a legendary figure in emergency management. So thank you, Ed.
0: Thank you. Thank you both.
1: Preparedness Matters is sponsored by In Case of Crisis 365, your solution to managing the dramatic rise in business disruptions. Take the crisis out of crisis management.